0: individual who shot at the police officer was on a $1,000 cash bail, a $1,000 cash bail. His charges were three counts of sexual abuse of a minor under 12 years old. And he was out on a $1,000 bond.
1: Cooper Ryder show. Thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. As always, please make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe. If you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. If you're listening to this uh, on Facebook, comment, share, like, of course. Also, as well, please text the word LIBERTY to 33777. Once again, text the word LIBERTY to 33777. Today, I'm going to be joined by Judge John Reynolds. Um, to talk to us today about law and order, uh, a bit about his race, a bit about what's going on, but also, too, about the rising crime that we're seeing all across uh, Kentucky as a whole, and in Fayette County, and and in Louisville, and and just kind of in general. So, so, please also make sure you guys check out my campaign website, uh, that's c4ky.com, number c 4 KY.com. Uh, so please also as well, make sure you are sharing this with your friends and your family um, and make sure you're sharing the campaign with them too as well. And I really appreciate it. And so far without further ado, I want to
0: bring on uh, judge. Hey, Andrew, thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. So, so um, Judge, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, tell us, tell us uh, your legal background, your your judgeship background, and what's what's going on with you now before we get get down into. It.
0: Sure. So I'm a graduate of the University of Kentucky College of Law. I Graduated in 1997, and uh, been practicing for about 25 years. In 2018, I was uh, asked to be considered as an appointment to the Fayette Circuit Court uh, by Governor Bevan's administration. And I accepted that uh, appointment and I served uh, in 2018, was reappointed in 2019. Um, and then during COVID uh, moved down to uh, Garrett County uh, where we're living now, down uh, near Lake Harrington and practicing law in uh, Jessamine County at my office there. Still have a little office in Lexington as a satellite and um, uh, running for judge uh, to be back in the circuit court for Jessman and Gary County.
1: And so real quick to um, your your experience as a circuit court judge, what, what do you cover there? So for people who don't know, and obviously you and I know what a circuit court judge goes, but some people, people listening know what the difference are in family law, circuit court law, um, um, and those kinds of things. So what kind of cases did you oversee as judge and for what you're running running for now?
0: So as a circuit court judge in Fayette County um, and any any county uh, circuit court jurisdiction is uh, felonies, anything that's punishable by a year or more in prison up to capital murder. When I was in Fayette County, I presided over capital murder trials, um, you know, the, the, the worst of the worst, unfortunately. Um, and then litigation, anything over $5,000 in litigation is handled by the circuit court. Um, primarily circuit court judges deal mostly, the majority of the job is criminal. Um, it's the, it's the uh, criminal prosecution of felonies. Uh, so that's probably 75% of, of what a circuit court uh, does. The other 25% is settling legal disputes. Uh, it is the highest trial court in the state, so um, if a litigant is unhappy with what a court does at the circuit level, their remedy is to go to the court of appeals in, in Frankfurt.
1: So, what is, is um, out of all, of all the cases you oversaw? What is the most striking one, most memorable one that comes to my mind? That you're like this case here really, uh, really was made a mark on me. Was interesting to me, or was was impactful? or you saw you saw what was
0: well, two, two, uh, without naming names, two of the, the most involved trials I was involved, uh, uh, presided over, I should say, the Marine that was killed at Austin city limits up in Lexington over by Woodhill, uh, that, that trial, we qualified a jury for the death penalty. That trial took, I believe, four and a half weeks. Um, very in, intensive uh, case, and then um, there was another case that I think we tried. It's two, maybe two weeks or ten days. Uh, medical malpractice case involving the uh, injury of a of a young uh, child at UK hospital. Uh, th- those two were were very time consuming um, and uh, very serious cases, and and uh, both were were tried in in division four of the uh, Fayette circuit court.
1: Now to frame in why this is an important question for people who don't know, you know, judges have an eight year term and in, in Lexington or or Louisville, there's many judges, but in Jesmyn Garrett, there's only one judge, you know, in Louisville I think has 14, 15 judges. There's a bunch
0: there. So there's five. There there was, I was one of five in in Fayette circuit. So depending on what division you drew, when you got indicted, you know, and division
1: does not mean physical location. That's just your seat number, right? Your court number.
0: Right. So when an indictment gets filed, it could end up in one of five divisions and you might get a conservative judge. You might get a liberal judge. That's just kind of the luck of the draw for those people, I guess. Um, but, but, yeah.
1: but so somewhere though, like Jasmine and Garrett, one. if you if you're involved in kind of circuit court, you're, you're generally in front of maybe maybe one, one or so judge, right? Um, yeah, so you're
0: you're one of one down here. Yeah, right. yeah.
1: So you know, for those who are unaware, you know, you have to have been practicing law for eight years in order to qualify for a judgeship. So you've built up a practice, and let's be honest lawyers make money (laughs) and so you built up this practice and it is a risky proposition because when you practice in an area of course you hope judges would never let the fact you run against them change their outcome but you are hearing cases in front of this judge but um, there's a lot to risk there right and so you've got a practice you've built up It's a pay cut. It's an eight-year term. It's not something you just try out. What made you want to be a judge in the first place and then be a judge run again now?
0: Yeah, so I am not a career politician. I don't even consider myself really a politician. I was not, you know, I didn't file to run to become a judge. What I did was there was a vacancy, and um, some people said, suggested that you know i i might want to put my name in for that and that that would be something that would be um, uh, worthwhile and uh, certainly it's a it is a, a pay decrease we, we don't pay our circuit judges enough um, but it's public service so the reward is serving the public and giving back to the community where you're from i don't look at it as a career choice uh, certainly after 25 years of practicing law um, you know I, I'm satisfied to continue to do that, but I wanted to do something more. And that's not um, this more rewarding than just, you know, representing clients and, and and filing lawsuits. It's giving back to the community and, and public service. So I got to, you know, doing that in Fayette County. I found that one, I really enjoyed it. Um, I liked the challenges 2 I've got a lot of comments and, and people uh, that supported me and thought uh, that I was doing a good job and has, have encouraged me to uh, keep going in that, in that direction. So that's why I'm, I'm running now.
1: So, so, um, sorry. Um, so, well, you, we, we, we had mentioned on the intro about the rising crime. We've got crime rising in Lexington, right. crime rising rising in louver We've got our rural areas experiencing record, record drugs. Uh, issues. Of course, they're having ri- rising crime, where it feels like it's not as safe anymore. Um, coming from the, from the effect of a judge who's 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 oversaw, uh, these criminal cases and and see and see what's going. What is your your take? What is going on? And, and and how do
0: we fix it? The concern that I see just on you know Facebook and and talking to people in Lexington, for instance, they say, well, you know, the crime's really bad. We know about the amount of uh, shootings um, and deaths that have occurred in Lexington, and that's getting a lot of news. People are talking about council members, people are blaming the mayor and uh, the different community leaders or elected officials in, in Fayette County. But what they really need to be looking at is the judges—it's—it's it's the judges and the prosecutors that are making the decisions, and those are the people that keep the city safe. That you know, by letting out people that have violent histories on no cash or low cash bails, they're putting officers at risk, they're putting um, families at risk, and they're putting uh, anybody that's in Fayette County at risk. So we need to look at who we're electing to these positions because they really are the gatekeepers. And although, you know, the elected council members and um, Linda Gordon certainly you know rule or, and vote on the financing and the administration and, and the decisions regarding the police department. But it's the judges that are letting the criminals out of jail. It's the judges that are responsible for keeping the public safe. And, and that's really what that job is about. It's about public safety.
1: Now, is, is there any... So so you're talking about how judges are, are causing the issues. Just keep a little more in depth in there and, and maybe give examples of what judges are, are doing that are creating the community to be unsafe. Or the, or the prosecutors, what, what are doing... Exactly. We hear these things about, um, you know, these liberal prosecutors or George Soros prosecutors or some of course thought that this new prosecutor in Lexington, Angela Evans, I guess is her name, um, is a, a is a Soros funded prosecutor. But what is it that prosecutors and these, and these little judges are actually doing that it is leading the crime issues?
0: So in my opinion, this is just my opinion. The, the prosecutors in, Lexington have been good at their job. Um Larry Roberts, Luanna Redcorn, they as everyone knows, they are leaving, they're retiring. So we have new prosecutors coming in. But they've done fine and they their offices have done a good job. We're in for a change there. So I don't know that remains to be seen what's going to happen um, with the county attorney's office and the county law attorney's office. The most Um, enlightening example of, of what, how the judges are affecting just the police and Fayette County residents. Um, this was, we were going back and forth a a couple weeks ago over this issue when there was an officer involved in a shooting in Fayette County. Um, I think he was shot, um, he was shot and injured. I think he was shot in the leg. He survived. He returned fire and he, uh killed the individual that uh had had pulled the gun on him during a traffic stop well i heard from several police officers in lexington that told me that that individual who shot at the police officer was on a thousand dollar cash bail a one thousand dollar cash bail his charges were three counts of sexual abuse of a minor under 12 years old and he was out on a $1,000 bond. And that was out of my, unfortunately, my old division, Division 4. Judge Goodman uh, put him on that bond. So the police were very concerned about that type of bond, that type of um, pretrial release, if you will. It's a concern. The the scary thing is that's the one case we know about because an officer was involved and there was a fatality, uh, but That probably goes on consistently every week and the public doesn't hear about it, doesn't make the news because nobody knows um, that they're letting out on such bond. And when I was given a a speech last night uh, to a group and um, they were asking me about specifically those type of issues. And I asked them what they thought a, a reasonable bond would be for a person that was charged like that. Of course, all people are presumed innocent and they have the right to trial and, and um, uh, they can get bond while they're awaiting trial, but it has to be reasonable to keep the public safe. And I asked the group, there's a group about 20. I said, what do you think the reasonable bond would be? And they said, half a million million dollars. And I held up my finger and I said, one, they said, what 1 million? I said, no, 1,000. And uh, certainly everybody was shocked and and, um, uh, it's just completely inappropriate. It's unreasonable. That's part of the problem in Fayette County. And unfortunately, uh, judges like that who release dangerous people out on the streets are going to end up getting somebody hurt. Uh, So and luckily that officer, I think he's going to be okay, but uh, certainly he was uh, severely injured.
1: So so what is it that? I mean, I mean, what is their motion there? Like, like why? So the judges is sitting there. You've got a got a guy before you who's accused of of sexual assault minors uh, under 12, three counts. Right. Um, and what is the standard? I guess how, do, how does it normally set bail? Obviously, it's 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 somewhat based upon how much um, money they they have. What is the I guess the philosophy that post to lead? How you set bail? What's for us that?
0: Sure. So in Kentucky, we, we don't have bail bondsman's, uh, you know, that was done out 40 years ago or more. Um, we have pretrial services. So pretrial is, uh, the reference to the department name, pretrial services, uh, there it's a, that's a, that's a state level. And what they do is when somebody gets a, um, arrested, they interview the defendant. Let me turn that. They interview the defendant and they set a bond. So they they look at their history: have they failed to show up for court before? Um, do they have ties to the community? Um, do they have relatives in the community? Have they been working a job? Um, and then, are we talking about a violent crime? Are we talking about a property crime? Are we talking about drug possession? Um, you know what level of crime it is. So you look at all those factors, and then you meet with the pretrial services officer. So in Fayette County, the pretrial service officer would come to my um, office and we would sit down at my desk and he would have a report on each one. And then we'd talk about each one and we set a bond, which, you know, one, kept the public safe, but two, allowed the person to make bond um, so that they could be out awaiting trial uh, because they are presumed innocent and everybody's entitled to a bond. Uh, But it must be reasonable. So that's how it gets set. Why, why are some judges? So in, in that, in the case, I just explained to you, if they would have drawn division, um, seven and got judge Taylor or, or judge Travis, uh, that bond would have been a lot higher. It wouldn't have been a thousand dollars. I can tell you, uh, but, uh, liberal judges who, you know, I guess want to feel sorry for, for, for certain people, and they're going to set set a low bond, um, a ridiculous bond like $1,000 on three uh, Class C felony charges and uh, let them out, let them back out on the street.
1: So is there, so in a couple episodes we talked about, and, and, and I just know, one, one, legally is it possible because I've talked to people about it, and then two, what's your what's your thoughts on it? It, it almost seems like that kind of behavior out of a judge is uh, criminal in some matter, and, and and we have instances of that that here in um, Le- Lexington as well. I, I remember a couple months ago there was the gentleman, gentleman, <laughs> guy, <laughs> a gentleman who, who he got arrest, arrested for attempting to stab, stab somebody, and then was out the next morning on a low bail. And then and then went into stab somebody, <laughs> and so you know that, you know you know we have those those examples. We have a judge that we're saying, hey, here's a habitual amount of times they're doing it. Is is there a kind of actual liability, the victims of these uh, people they're letting out? Can they sue the judge? How much does the qualified the qualified duty on the judge work? Can we overcome that? And then on top of that too, we talked obviously, obviously, general assembly can impeach judges if they have recorded failures to carry out jobs. But but, um, yeah, what's your thoughts on that there?
0: In in that situation, the only remedy is the ballot box. Judges are elected and uh, circuit judges are elected every eight years. That's a very narrow window in in which to uh, vote somebody out. Uh, But they have certainly qualified, I mean, not qualified, they have complete immunity from lawsuit for any sort of activity like that. I mean, you couldn't sue if, if the officer got injured, uh, who got injured, couldn't sue and say, well, judge, you know, you were negligent, um, they would have immunity. So uh, there's really no remedy. You would have to act very, very badly in order for the uh, Supreme Court to remove someone from office or, or to be impeached in, in, in some form or fashion. Um, basically, it's just the ballot box that's gonna fix that.
1: Because yeah, we, we see in Florida where DeSantis, you know, he recalled a ele- elected uh prosecutor for, for not doing their job. And like I said, I know here in Kentucky, I believe the General Assembly can can about impeach anybody other than a le- legislator. Um, as, as far as I can, remove ju- judges as well. But I didn't know if you know how, how that all I guess, guess kind of plays out. Um. For us, as far as the by bill aspect of it goes, how, how far their yeah. uh, immunity goes—that's why those elections are so important. Gotcha. Okay, so you're you're running for office this there, Aaron and Garret. Uh, what's go- going on? For, like, like obviously, when you run for, for office, you're trying to replace somebody, right? Um, so clearly, you know, as you said, you're, you're not a career politician, so you're not, not just doing it because you want to feel special spe- spe- in office. You clearly see something's wrong, and you want to fix it what is it that's going on judgment and gared what what do you think you can deliver back to
0: to the people of those counties so i'm going to have a different perspective than the current judge does on these bonds and probation rates and and just some of the new tools that that are being used that we used in fayette county that that aren't being used here Um, a couple examples is the administrative office of the courts has spent millions of dollars in developing and creating an e-filing system so that lawyers and and individuals can e-file from their office. Any pleading, they can file a lawsuit, they can do it all online. They don't have to go down to the clerk's office. They don't have to make copies. Um, It's all immediate. And for whatever reason, Uh, our judge hasn't done that. He hasn't, uh, we can e-file, but the court is not signing any orders is not processing any orders. When I was in Fayette County, if you were in court on a, on a motion hour on Friday and I said, submit the order, I would e-file, it would be e-filed by that afternoon. And I would e-sign it in the afternoon and it would be immediately entered by the clerk and in the hands of all the parties. So here, if that were to happen, you would mail in the order, or you would bring it to the clerk's office, or you would e-file it. The clerk would have to find it, print it off, a hard copy, bring it to the judge, get the judge's signature on it or stamp, and then copy it, put it in however many envelopes, however many people. I mean, sometimes there's 20 you know in the certificate of service you're sending it to 20 people or three people you've got to make copies you got to do the envelopes you got to do the postage you got to mail it and then you got to wait on the mail so it's an it's laborious it's not fiscally responsible just from the postage and the material and the manpower um, that's something that we is done every day in fayette county and in all the counties um, across Kentucky. But for some reason, it it, it hasn't been done here. And it's just a time saving and money saving manner. And it's efficient for the litigants and for the attorneys. You're not waiting on the mailman to bring you an order. So that's one change. Thoughts on the the drug court. (laughs) So I'm not a fan of drug court. Uh, The specialty courts, from a PR perspective, they sound great. And um, people seem to have favorable perception of them. But if you've been involved in the system and you you're watching what happens uh, there, I think they're a waste of time and certainly resources. Um, You know, we have in Lexington, there's this is in district court. We didn't do this in circuit court. There's drug court, there's um, veterans court, uh, there's a mental health court. And basically, what that means is, for for people that don't understand, it's just a committee of people. So you have like a lawyer, you've got a social services um, clinician, you've got a um, maybe a, a judge or a member of the community, and a prosecutor and a defense attorney, and you just kind of all go around the room making comments on how somebody's doing, and and you know, it, it's. I think it's wasteful. I think that uh, one judge can can uh, handle all of that themselves. We don't need to have all these other people uh, involved in the process. We elect our judges for that reason. We shouldn't have this um, shared responsibility and uh, put this up to a committee of, of, of unelected people to make these decisions about somebody's liberty and somebody's progress. So. They sound great, but in reality, um, I think they're expensive, and um, it's more of a PR thing than uh, than anything, frankly.
1: All right, a couple more questions, okay? And this is more out of curiosity. Do you believe that judge races should be partisan, as in that the judge should indicate their party on the ballot? So do you think it should change to partisan? Obviously, because I think that judges clearly bring some sort of partisan beliefs to them to the bench but you know I like I said that'd be a constitutional change that'd take a vote change but you know what are your thoughts on making the judge races partisan here in Kentucky
0: well they're they're partisan whether people want to you know accept that or not I mean look at the Supreme Court appointments do you think that's you know they're supposed to be nonpartisan too right um, They're partisan. When you're out campaigning and you're knocking on doors and you say, hey, I'm Judge Reynolds. I'm running for uh, circuit court. The first question they're going to ask you typically is Republican or Democrat. People want to know. In some states, Texas, uh, Louisiana, it's just two that I'm familiar with. It's right there on the ballot, your R or your D, and people know hey, am I voting for a conservative? Am I voting for a liberal? Am I voting for, you know, hopefully they know that they're uh, pro-life if they're Republican or they're pro-choice if they're Democrat. Um, but that's certainly the the standard in other states. I think Kentucky's going there. And the reason I say that is in 2018, there was a, uh, a Sixth Circuit uh, opinion by uh, Judge uh, Thupar, who is a Trump appointee, he's a member of the Federalist Society, Um, he ruled that Kentucky's um, code that held you could not announce your party, you know, we we were told you can't even announce it, meaning to say you can't put on a bumper sticker, I'm the conservative Republican. Justice uh, or Judge Thupar found that that Kentucky rule violated the First Amendment of the Constitution. So since 2018, and we see that up in northern Kentucky, um, there's, there's, I think, Judge Winter. Who, that, that's the case. Winter v. Wolzenek. Um Judge Winter, I believe, is running as a conservative. Uh, there's Judge Fisher. Uh, he's running as a Republican conservative. So that's the trend. And, um, you know, I, I think it's probably going to get there. But certainly there's been major uh, change in the law just in the last five years. So I, I think it's going to get there. Um, but, you know, to kind of wink and nod and say it's nonpartisan, uh, it's not. I, I can tell you it's not.
1: I was actually talking to Fisher just the other day, I think like yesterday, <laughs> about um, this. And it mentioned that in Ohio, they have, they have nonpartisan judges, but they still had a primary where, like, Republican, you know, if you're a Republican judge... And went he went through the primary, but when you were, you were put in the jail, they just didn't even put a party indicator, indicator in their name. But, but it helped everybody kind of know. And they did that. They did that change changing the, the, the constitution of the state. It helped everybody kind of know this is the Republican in just because they went through the, through the Republican primary. Um, yeah. This the Democrat judge because they, they went through a Democrat primary.
0: Well, that's that's very interesting and I won't get it right, but the uh, to paraphrase uh, Judge Judge Thupar, he basically said, look, Kentucky, if, if you're going to have judges take the robe via the ballot box. Right. They're going to take the bench through the ballot box. You know, if you're not going to appoint them, then uh, you're going to elect them. Then people need to know and people have the right to know um, who they're voting for and candidates have a right to know. Uh, or right to announce rather what party they stand for, and certainly you know if you tell me you're a liberal or you're a Democrat, uh, I immediately know. Okay, well this guy's pro-life. I mean, pro-choice. He's you know he's for all the democratic uh, principles that that we see that are ruining this country right now. So you know it's a it's an obvious and clear indicator of where somebody stands on social. Issues and for a judge, I think it's important to know those things. What
1: do you think the most difficult call thing running for judge for office is? Because obviously, you know, when you're, when you're running for office, and, and I, as I have for legislator or for a, 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 a more typically thought out a political position, maybe that's it, maybe even more, more paid to attention position. We get asked different questions and else it can be difficult. Well, one of the things that, um, um, and this is, this is a note more to more so the listeners, um, was a poll done recently. Um, this was, was a few, few years ago for uh, a Kentucky Kentucky State Supreme Court race. and They did a poll to figure out what was the most important issue to voters in that race. And the number, number one issue for Kentucky Supreme Court was illegal immigration. OK. And and, you know, you know, a key state Supreme Court doesn't doesn't have much to do with with. Um, and and that can be obviously difficult. Sometimes I'm sure you find yourself talking about things. things a judge really can't uh, even address that vote voter kind of wanting to talk to, to you about things like that. But what is, what is the most frustrating and what is the most rewarding thing, thing about being, um judge for office for judge.
0: Well, it's very difficult to run for judge. And there was an article that came out and featured or quoted um, some of the Fayette County races that I think maybe the district court race. Uh, The title of the article was was and I'll send you the link to it. Something about um, the judge doesn't need your vote or something like that. And and basically what it was saying is in Kentucky in 2022, 76 percent of all circuit judge races were uncontested and only 23% uh, were looking at a challenger out of the whole 120 counties. And I think there's 170 something circuits. So, and the reason that is, and the article goes on to say is when you're the challenger, one, um, it's very difficult because you're not wearing the robe and it's hard to raise money. When you're the judge and you have the robe on, uh, it's easy to raise money. And the article basically talks about how difficult it is for challengers to raise money against an incumbent judge and then how difficult it is to even decide to take on the local judge.
1: Uh, well, and judges aren't allowed to, to ask for money for their, for their cane. There's like this this weird pull law law thing, I don't know M- maybe you obviously can can explain it what what is the rules
0: with judges sure so so the rule is if you are a candidate or you are a judge you cannot directly ask for money so you cannot call your you know your friends like you know if you're running for for state representative or state senate you can't call your friends and say hey uh, you know can you help me out um it's a it's a terrible job to have to ask for money and and it's really hard to have somebody else do that for you. I mean, if you can imagine, so it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. And I think that's something that will probably change as well. Um, because it just kind of
1: seems silly that you you can call, but you could take somebody else and here's a list of friends. Right. Call and see if they'll also support and they could call and say, say, hey, do you support them? Yeah. Yeah. Great. And they can ask the question, do you want to, want to give me? Right. And so, which is just kind of weird. I guess I, I, it's based upon what upon idea of not being able to go to verdicts or things like that was kind of the thought process behind it.
0: I guess it's, it's not a, you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense, frankly, but no, no,
1: no, it doesn't at all. So one final, I guess, I guess thought from you here, here. Um, no one reason why people live in Jesmond Garrett or, you know, not even just Jasmine Garrett, let's say where they live at, everywhere they live at, 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 Number one is, in, hopefully, they see that judges ele- elections have consequences. Um, maybe even more so than than some some other elections in your area. You know, certainly, I'm sure the officer who recently recently got shot is is thinking thinking about much consequences was was from you know a, a certain judge election. Um, but you know, why one? Why people vote for you? For you, Jason Garrett, right? Fine and close argument there. And then, two, why should people in general? Just kind of care about their elections and, and how do they find out? What what, what tool should you say you say people should do to go, go research the judges running for office in their area?
0: It's extremely difficult to research and understand who the candidates are. So, for instance, right now in 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 my race or in Fayette County, if a concerned citizen said, "Well, where do I go to learn about how this judge?" you know, what his probation rates are, you know, how how often does he probate people or she probate people? Uh, You would have to do a deep dive into the administrative office of the courts, uh, data, statistics, and, and pull the, they're, they're out there, but the, the common um, interested voter is, is probably not going to be able to find that stuff. So the next thing they'll do is, they'll ask a lawyer, well, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? That's not a great way to do it because, you know, we're all human, we all have our likes and our dislikes. And, you know, somebody may be a good judge, but if they don't like him personally, or they ruled against them one time, they're not gonna tell their friend, hey, support this guy. So, you know, it's very difficult to find the information. Um, I think that begs the, the need for party affiliation so that they know who they're voting for. Um, Also sounds
1: like we need to put together a a non-profit called like judge tracker KY or something that digs into that.
0: Yes. Now um, they don't do this anymore. They stopped in December of uh, last year, but it started with, with, with Ray Larson. He used to, they used to post on, um, the commonwealth attorney's website up there the probation rates for all the judges and then ray would go on and post them on facebook and people would say oh that's too liberal that's you know that's too tough or whatever um that was the only way that i'd ever seen in a shareable accessible format where people could find out what the judges how the judges were on on certainly crime uh, criminal issues But for some reason, Luanna's office stopped doing that um, beginning of this year. Uh, But again, it didn't matter. Um, You know, uh, there's there's just not a lot of of uh, available information out there uh, to learn about a judge. Why they should vote for me? uh, One, uh, my record in Fayette County is 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 strong. Uh, I was a, you know, I'm the person that is going to hold somebody accountable for their actions. There is a time for mercy. There's a time for second chances. There's a time for uh, giving people a break, but there's also a time for accountability. And I think what we've seen in Fayette County is we're just not holding people accountable for their actions. So, um, unfortunately, if you look at the in the, the crime maps, uh, certainly the, the, I, um, I'm sorry, the highway 27 corridor, uh, we're getting, we're seeing more crime. We're seeing more movement, uh, in from Fayette County into Jessamine County and, and, and down in the garage. So, you know, Fayette's just growing. And with that, the concerns for crime and and these other issues are going to present themselves here just like they did in Fayette. And, um, unfortunately, Fayette has some very liberal judges that, uh, are letting people out on these no cash bails or low cash bails. They're probating people uh, more likely than not, they're going to get probation in Fayette County. I think over 50% of the time, um, a defendant on a felony charge in circuit court is going to get uh, probation. You know, That's a case by case basis and um, you have to look at each one but i can tell you that i'm going to make sure that we're not letting violent criminals with a propensity to reoffend out on the street on a thousand dollar cash bond or something unreasonable like that uh, we're going to keep this community safe because nobody's going to want to live here and start a business or raise a family in jessamine county if the crime rates continue like they are so We've got to make, it's the bedrock of prosperity. So we got to make it safe for everyone.
1: Well, Judge Reynolds, I, I mean, I can tell you my support, of course. Um, and your, are I mean, you know, that's, the, you're speaking my kind of language as a, as a business owner. Now, granted, I don't own a business in Desmond County, but I own a business in Fayette County. And I can tell you, I've, I've had a police about five times over the last, the last month uh, just to deal with, with, various amounts of, of, of criminal trespassing and, and, and I, I had a guy, guy peeing on bushes out in front of a boot that, um, I had to, to, I had to leave and he got a little violent and I, you know, I concealed carry and carry and I draw, um, and, and, and i him to leave because he was getting pretty, pretty violent and pretty, pretty, pretty angry with me. Um, and it's just getting worse and worse. It seems, seems like, and so we certainly need to, uh, need to be, to be a good judge, judge, um, and I, I think uh, Judge Reynolds, you are a, a good judge. So hopefully, hopefully everybody in Beneger, you get get out, out you vote uh, for for John Reynolds for Judge there. You tell you tell your friends and family to vote for for him. And judge, thank you for joining us so much. And hey, hey, I appreciate your time.
0: Absolutely, thank you, Andrew. Thanks.
1: Well, guys, that that's out it for us here today. Um, you know, thank thank you for joining us and. Thank you, Judge renal once again, for joining us. Hopefully all you guys learned something. Uh, I know I did. And have one great day.